Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. Hello, my name is Dr. Nick Smolovsky, and I'm also a geoholic. We appreciate you tuning in for this legally heavy edition of Bad Elves, Seconds of Spatial News. We Bad Elves live our lives one spatial second at a time, and we know you do too. For this week's spatially related news, we are discussing Pennsylvania's House Bill 609, known as the Engineer, Land Surveyor, and Geologist Registration Law, and what it potentially means for geospatial professionals and organizations moving forward. Let me start by stating this bill is highly controversial and that if this spatial news intrigues or upsets you, I recommend that you do your own research. Unfortunately, we do not have enough time during this segment to thoroughly go through the legislative proposal, so I can only give you a 30,000-foot view of the on-ground situation. As Mario from Nintendo was famously quoted, here we go! From what I can read, this bill was introduced to enact stronger language and restrictions on the unlicensed work of different geospatial professionals in the state. The bill seems to push for the regulation of work related to and overlapping with the traditional engineering, land surveying, and geology professions. This would potentially influence GIS professionals, drone operators, and other geospatial related professionals. Proponents of the bill claim it will ensure better data practices, data analysis, and other geospatial procedures. People in opposition of the bill say it will hurt current organizations and professionals by stifling market growth and making the cost of entry into the geospatial industry too high for individuals. On the one hand, I understand the need for better regulation of the geospatial industries and geospatial data, especially with the recent global pandemic and stories emerging from like what happened in Florida when their Department of Health GIS dashboard designer made now debunked fictional claims about COVID-19 data manipulation, sparking a national conspiracy theory of hiding numbers. On the other hand, if industry regulation is so stifling and so overbearing that businesses suffer and have to close the doors, that's not good for local communities and or even the national economy. Whether you're for the bill or against it, I suggest you educate yourself about it. If it passes, its consequences may be felt throughout our industry for many, many years to come. If you've been around the geoholics or been listening for any amount of time, you know we talk about registrations uh, and the legality of, of having a workforce that is professional. If this, again, is anything that interests you, I highly recommend that you go up and read more about this. Okay, that does it for this week's Bad Elf's Seconds of Spatial News. We hope you enjoyed our designated news of the week. If you have any questions about this story or about Bad Elf GNSS products, please feel free to contact me via LinkedIn or through the Geoholics channels. As they say in Portuguese, Obrigado, Geoholics. Finally, some Grateful Dead. PJ, how many Grateful Dead songs do you know? Uh, this one. Casey something. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Geoholics podcast. Here we are in the Diamondback Lanserving studio for episode 87. Big Shoots is traveling back uh, to AZ as we speak after spending some time with family back east. So I've got control over this week's number. So guess what? I should probably go with Sidney Crosby, but being a diehard Chicago Bears fan, I'm going to go with Tom Waddle. So everybody's like, who the hell is Tom Waddle? Who doesn't love Waddy? <laughs> he won over Chicago for his hard work and Chicago mentality of playing tough and being the sort of underdog that Bears fans love to root for because of his small stature, toughness, and aforementioned work ethic. Waddle appeared in only 60 games with 41 starts and caught 173 passes for 2,109 yards and nine touchdowns but he played with determination 
including being knocked out in a number of games only to be brought back to life with smelling salts. Brought back to life. To re-enter the game. That doesn't happen anymore. Waddle was Holy the Bears. Cow. Yeah, he's the Bears' leading receiver in 1993. And... He actually blocked me on Twitter for giving him hell over his love of Jay Cutler. He was a huge Jay Cutler fan, and I hated Jay Cutler. So I would, I would like, tweet him all this stuff, you know, and finally he blocked me. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So that's my uh, claim to <laughs> Tom Waddle fame. Uh, PJ, tell us about that opening number. So what you just heard, that was Casey Jones' Grateful Dead. So Grateful Dead, American rock band, formed in 1965 in Palo Alto, California. The band is known for his, uh, what's this? Eclectic. Eclectic style with fused elements of rock, folk, country, jazz, bluegrass, blues, blues, gospel, and psychedelic rock. Live performances and for lengthy inst instrumental jams. And it, for its devoted fan base known as Deadheads, having sold more than 35 million albums worldwide, their discography... Dis <laughs> Discography includes more than 200 releases, the majority of them recorded live in concert. Oh, Are you a deadhead? Uh, no, but you know what? I did see him one time. If you, you did? Can believe that. You have a, dead, yeah. you have a Grateful Dead story? Not, no, I don't remember the show. I mean, it was. No, well, there's, that's the story. Yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> that is the story. Exactly. That is, yeah. yeah. No, it, was, uh, it was at uh, uh, Soldier's Field in Chicago, as a oh, matter of nice. fact. Yep. They're yep. Speaking of bears. Yeah, exactly. Tied that together nicely. <laughs> All right. In Shoots' absence, we also have a guest co-host with us this week. Please give a warm geoholics welcome to Amanda Allred. Amanda Allred from episode 81. Yay. Thanks for being here, Amanda. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> so your, uh, your first responsibility is to tell us about this week's featured friend of the program. Is Monson Engineering. They've been supplying the design build industry with the highest quality measurement solutions since 1974. I think that's way before Taylor and I were both born. So I'm just going to throw that out there. I was seven. They pride, them <laughs> they pride themselves in being your one-stop shop throughout all phases of your project, planning to completion. From drones to lasers, total stations, or high accuracy, high accuracy GPS equipment, they have what you need when you need it. They provide the latest cutting-edge design build equipment, including Trimble and Spectra Precision GPS, optic 3D scanners, tiny mobile robots, automated layout, Zellar and JDJI UAVs, and Topcon lasers. Monson Engineering is a leading supplier of products for the design build industry in the Intermountain West, with offices in Salt Lake City, Utah, as well as Las Vegas and Reno. Check them out at MunsonEngineering.com. And be sure to let them know that you're a geoholic. Yeah, just a reminder. I'll think, first of all, thank you for that, Amanda. Well done. I don't want to say you did better than Shoots would have done, but you did a really good job. <laughs> um, but seriously, you know, if you mention that you're a geoholic to any one of our friends of the program, they are gonna they're gonna give you the special treatment. Trust me. So make sure you take advantage of that. Time for our Trimble Geospatial Weekly Words of Wisdom. So in honor of the run, our Phoenix Suns are currently on, and I'm sure PJ is going to talk about that here in just a minute. I thought this was fitting. So this is a Dave Ramsey quote, if you can believe that. And it goes along with like the Suns mentality perfectly. If you want something you've never had, you'll have to do something you've never done. Mm. That's pretty damn good, right? Yeah. I mean, what's he always say? Uh, beans and rice, right? When he talks about saving money, eating beans and rice. Yep. Beans and Franks. Yeah, that could work. <laughs> or what's the other uh, chip beef? Oh, cream chip beef. Cream chip beef. I almost, I went to a restaurant the other day. They had it on the menu. I, I can't no way. It. Yes. It was on the menu. I, I don't believe it. I don't even know what cream chip beef is. You don't want to know. like a mid Midwest thing. Huh? <laughs> it is a Midwest <laughs> delicacy. Absolutely. Oh my God. So good. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send you some information on it, Amanda. Um, okay, great. All right. Let's catch up with the, usually I say the fellas, but since oh. we have Amanda today, we can't say the fellas. <laughs> the folks. Let's, let's catch up with the folks. PJ, what's new, man? Right. Um, yeah, you alluded to it, but um, we went to the Suns game last night. So by the time this comes out, it was game two, Western Concert Conference Finals versus the Clippers. I hadn't been with Sun games in a number of years, and this was the game to go to. I mean, this had to be the most electric sporting event that's happened in Arizona in maybe, what, a decade, five, ten years? Um, so this is, it was super cool. DeAndre Ayton, alley-oop from Jay Crowder to win it. Um, just super proud to be here, a Phoenician, when the Sun's on, on this playoff <laughs> run. So um, looking at big, big things here. We're, I, I'm going to say it right now. 
We're going to the finals. Oh, we're, yeah. t- we're 2-0. I, I totally CP's agree. coming back, game three. Yep. We're going to the finals. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But I don't I don't know what what more can happen to top what happened last night. I don't know. That was amazing. Amazing. That was amazing. Absolutely. Uh, anything you want to add there or what else you've been up to? Yeah, you know what? Uh, what would I add? Well, I was at the game as well. And uh, mm-hmm. it was un freaking believable. I mean, I, I was... What's that? Mm. Pack Pack house. House. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Okay. I mean, people Great. that were there that have gone to like, well, even like the announcers, like this is like nothing I've ever seen before yeah. as far mm-hmm. as the crowd goes. A couple I mean, of the sports center guys said that it was the loudest they've ever heard an NBA arena. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, anybody who's not, you know, listening from Arizona or is in Arizona, I mean, Arizona and Phoenix is a basketball town. There's yeah. no doubt about it. I mean, they're, they've been here the longest, right? First and foremost. Yep, for sure. As far yeah. as professional teams go and diehard fans. And it's just. You're right. Downtown. All of downtown was buzzing. We had to walk around for a little bit afterwards just Did because you? the place was just on fire. Oh, my God. It was nuts. It was mm-hmm. a great Was it experience. a post-pandemic high? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for packed sure. house and, uh, you know, the whole mask thing obviously has gone out the window. For sure, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Amanda, now's your chance to share something uh, you'd like to talk about. Well, I'm off the caffeine and I'm off the Coca-Cola, not the Coke, but the Coca-Cola. And I've started this beet juice stuff. And I got to tell you, it looks better than it tastes, but I am, I'm feeling so much better when we get these super food stuff going on. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it was just that the last few months I've just been feeling terrible. And so I was like, I'm going to go Trent Keenan on everybody. There you go. (laughs) And I'm getting healthy. I've been sending you guys God awful pictures of the chicken I cook. (laughs) So, so yeah. yeah, that's my that's my plug for the superfoods is this beet beet powder. <laughs> it looks like a tall glass of pink Whitney, doesn't it? <laughs> there you go. She's lying. Sure She's drinking was. pink Whitney. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes when you feel that way, what I've found is oh, you just need a good cleanse. That takes care mm. of everything, you know. Like one of those yeah. seven day cleanses, I and mean, just kind of clear everything out of your system, and you feel like a new person. But I'm glad the beet juice is working for you. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Maybe. I'll be back to golfing in no time. Can so. you put can you put vodka in it? That's all I need to know. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> all right. Let's move on here. Time for the safety apparel, safety share, and other things to avoid or worry about, I guess. Usually this is a BS yep. thing, but PJ is We're taking over. Up. Yep. What do you got, PJ? All right. This is pretty fitting for both me and the summer. A little boating safety, a little safety on the lake. So like it. um this has actually been a big thing this season. So the state's been um, really pushing uh, boating safety and knowledge uh, because almost every weekend, I think every weekend of the summer, there's at least one drowning. Oh, it's horrible. So whether it be Bartlett or Pal had one the other weekend or Pleasant, yeah. people are just getting out there. Um, it seems like a simple thing, um, but it can go pr- south pretty quickly. So um, drowning almost every weekend, big push from the state to educate people. Use your PFDs, your personal flotation devices. It's not the coolest thing to wear. Wear it like a diaper. At least just hold on to it. Never jump off or swim around in the lake or air anything. River doesn't matter without anything, something to float onto. I think all these past couple of weekends, what it's been is like people will jump. Like I think one of them, a raft flew off the back of a boat. Guy jumps in, thinks he can swim over. The raft's obviously getting pushed by the wind still. Uh, so he's just in a never ending swim battle and eventually just drowns. So oh like stuff like that, it's you horrible. think it doesn't seem like that far. It's so easy. It's an optical illusion. I can swim there. It's no big deal. Yep. I do it all the time. I swim in the pool. I'm from Arizona. Right. And it happens. Right. So, yep. um, just be prepared, exercise, good judgment. Careful when drinking, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to keep an eye out for other boats and like the, uh, the people on your boat, too. So um, it's such a simple thing. It's so easy to overlook, but just be smart out there. Never jump off. I, I never, whenever we go out, no one ever jumps off, at least with something. Yeah. Um, wear it like it's a diaper. Wear it like a little kid. Doesn't matter. Yep. Um, and then I'll obviously always have enough on board for everyone, um, both because it's safe and you can get a pretty good size ticket. So. Yeah, all good stuff there, PJ. And one thing, I think when something like that happens, it's like panic sets in so fast. And then mm-hmm. your adrenaline starts running and you just start kind of like losing control, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned kids. The other thing is to kind of piggyback off that is, you know, just always watch your kids around water. I mean, it just takes literally seconds for kids to drown. And that's another thing we hear all every oh, single day oh, out here. Almost every day. Kids it's falling in pools. Some sort know? of single digit aged yep. kid or even double digit. doesn't matter because some horrible. people don't. But yeah, fence around the pool and stuff like that, especially because here, Almost everyone has a pool in their backyard. Yep. So it's, it happens, like you said, it's fast, it's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, you just got to be more careful. Yep, for sure, for sure. Situational awareness. Track. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Good job there, PJ. <clears throat> All right, let's get on with this. Our guest this evening is Taylor Hanshu. Uh, 
Taylor's born in North New Jersey, just outside of Manhattan. So get this, she didn't finish 10th grade, but has earned a BS in environmental studies from Ramapo College of New Jersey, go Roadrunners, a master's yeah. in geospatial information systems and technology from University of Arizona, go Cats. Wow. I had a little money go there, actually. Graduating uh, summa cum laude, actually, and smarty pants here, and completed a GIS program from the University of Denver. Do you know who that is, Jake? Uh, the Buffaloes. Go Pioneers. Go Pioneers. Pioneers. Her <laughs> hobbies include, Jake, you're going to love this. Her hobbies include being a mineral collector, okay. hobby geologist, and supporter of the arts. She is known as the Map Lady and is the owner of, gosh, I hope I get this right. I didn't, I didn't clear it beforehand. Uh, Cash and Query LLC, which I'm sure we're going to hear more about here in just a second. So Taylor, welcome to the Geoholics. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Did, did I what get... a great bio, Taylor. That was incredible. <laughs> yeah. That was, that wasn't even half of it. She included some really cool stuff in there that I'm going to try to circle back on here, but um wow. Well, first of all, my oldest daughter went to U of A. Uh what years were you at U of A just out of curiosity? Um I uh, graduated in uh, 2018, so I did that like uh, 2017-2018. I think McKenna was there actually. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. How'd you yeah. like Tucson? I love Tucson. I can't leave Tucson. I'm still uh, back and forth out of there. My business is based out of Tucson. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did not like know it. that. Man, that's super cool. Super cool. Yeah. Um, McKenna, my oldest daughter, when she went to school there, she actually worked as a uh, – uh, a student assistant for the football team for all four years. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, she had a really good experience down there and I, I love Tucson. I mean, the restaurant scene and the art scene and everything has come a long way in Tucson. That's for sure. So we always have an icebreaker question. So my question for you, Taylor, is when you were six years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, I definitely wanted to be an astronaut. I was like, I'm going to space. I'm going to space camp. Like, nice. let's do this. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Amanda, how about you? What did you want to be when you were six years old? Do you remember? Oh, I think a pharmacist of all things. There you <laughs> That's go. a really boring answer. Yeah, my dad was dating a pharmacist at the time and she had a big house and a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought pharmaceuticals. <laughs> oh, she made an impression on you, no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. PJ, I think I know your answer, but what, what about you when you were yeah. six years old? Do you remember? Definitely. Pilot. Wanted to be an airplane or Pilot. an astronaut too. That was a for close sure. second. But those are those are hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. No, no, I figured that was it for sure. All right, right on. Well, let's get into this. So let's um, let's kind of establish a foundation for the episode, and um, let's talk about the genesis of the Map Lady, Taylor. How did that get started? Yeah, I mean, it definitely just kind of happened. Um, you know, I've always had a great sense of direction. Always know where I was going, um, and. I guess I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do when I started college, but you know, I started going into the environmental and I always thought of things like really, really uh, critically and like holistically, like every aspect of it. Um, and I started picking up GIS during my undergraduate um, and I wanted to do like, you know, I was doing environmental assessment and I like law, I like real estate, I like property, you know, I like geology, I like ecology, I like all these different things. And it's like, I don't want to pick one thing. And maps kind of became my medium. So it's like, okay, I don't have to forego, like, you know, studying any of these things I enjoy. I just understand the spatiality of it. Um, and that kind of progressed on a little bit further towards towards hardware and creating data. Gotcha, gotcha. So by, by you know, claiming the uh, the title of the map lady, are you, like, do you, uh, do you appreciate the process of making the maps or reading the maps, both? I mean, what, where, where's your passion lie exactly? Oh, I I don't know. I think creating maps and and just organizing things and uh, putting everything spatially. Uh, someone called me the map lady. They're like, "What do you do?" Is having that basic conversation that like, "Oh, what do you do for a living?" And GIS people have always kind of had uh, some sort of difficulty saying like, "Okay, this is exactly what's what it is." And now people understand it a lot better. Uh, but I could be approached from like people like, "Okay." Like some days I'm in a cave, some days I'm in a field, some days I'm doing, oh my gosh, I never know what it is. And uh, just kind of apply that to anything and most anything. So uh, everyone needs a map. Sometimes the best descriptions of what we do come from the outside when people can throw that at us. I think that was a great tagline for you. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So Taylor, I'm curious, um, 
the different you like you got a degree in environmental and GIS and uh, you know, attended the GIS program at uh, University of Denver. How many survey classes have you taken throughout your uh, your education? Hmm, there's well, the classes that could be part of a survey education. There's a lot of overlap, but not, nothing even titled survey. Honestly, wow, so interesting. Yeah. I recently, you know, I've looked into what it would take to, um, to become a surveyor. And I think I just needed a couple more calculus classes and an apprenticeship and, and the class, but, you know, definitely kind of, you know, don't have many regrets in life, but I do wish I took that course, that direction a little bit more initially now that I'm. Well, it's around. never too late. We'd be happy to have you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And there's plenty of states that, you know, probably don't even require those calculus courses you're talking about that you can get licensed <laughs> in. So, uh, yeah. I think Arizona is one of them, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, yeah. My, uh, my <laughs> you got a home in Tucson? Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Right. I, I always say my dog can get licensed in Arizona. <laughs> All right. So Taylor, you did this thing. I was checking out the website. You did this, uh, you know, the, the, the great point cloud road trip of 2020. Um, talk about that a little bit and where did that idea come from? Yeah, so at that time I, um, I was working was the year I had a, uh, actually had a, a corporate job and I was working with, uh, with the hardware company and it was the middle of the pandemic and we still had things going on. Still wanted to, you know, make sure everyone was, uh, you know, up to date and current with what's, what's happening. And we weren't just going to turn off. And, uh, I was like, okay, you know, if people are coming out, like, you know, we'll, we'll go visit them. And so I kind of stopped in everywhere and along the way I wanted to, uh, I wanted to just kind of capture data all along the way and do what I usually do, like usually do a summer tour. And there wasn't a summer tour. So I got a lot of things done without a band following me around this year. But uh, yeah, just kind of visited everyone and acquainted them with the equipment and just kind of made content and what to do along the way. Yeah, it was quite a journey for you, for sure. What were a couple of the highlights? Oh, a couple of highlights along that one. Or lowlights, I guess. <laughs> Trying to pick up, pick one. We're trying to remember which trip even. Ooh. Oh, I did Prada Marfa. Yeah, I'd scanned Prada Marfa in um, Western Texas. And I don't know if um, y'all have heard of Marfa. It's kind of like this artsy town. Yeah, sorry. It's this artsy town down on the border. I wasn't even aware. It was kind of like Sedona in the desert. And there's a fake Prada shop that uh, is just like an art installation, like kind of you know, really odd. And I pull up there and there's just a bunch of people modeling out front. And I was like, oh. just hopped out of my van with my backpack. And I was like, Hey, they still do a 3d portrait. I'll scan you. So I did that one uh, huh. with all the people in it. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. I was just there a couple months ago. I sent um, Kent and Trent a picture and they're like, you're at Prada and, and Martha. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a, it's such a neat thing. You scanned the whole building then and did a point cloud on it or. Yeah, I didn't get in, of course, but yeah, just went around the outside and, you know, it was actually kind of a featureless environment, but just to have that there and it did go, it did go through the glass and, uh, oh, well. they had a taken a bright pink dress. So that was uh, a nice little pop out there. So when you stopped at all these different places and scanned these really unique things, I mean, what, what did you end up doing with that, with that data? <laughs> so a lot of it I'm still working through because it's like, you know, constant, I'm a constant refining process trying to be really refined right now um but uh with that i just like to put out different applications different combos of hardware and uh you know people will like launch an end deliverable you need to sometimes take a few steps to get there so um just having it to test and do for different things uh yeah that's a I run a few of them just as like okay here's how to publish this here's how to move these two cameras together here's uh what you do in this sort of environment very cool. Problem solving on the fly, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Always. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I was going to talk to you about that. I mean, obviously, that that's one of your passions is being a good problem solver. What does it take to be a good problem solver? Having a lot of problems. I mean, yeah. <laughs> 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 pra into practice <laughs> makes perfect, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, running into all the problems, and uh, you know, having you know, very. Uh, you know, always having an awareness of all the factors at play, um, but definitely someone who's a good problem solver for, for others and as a service uh, is has encountered these problems before. And they're like, OK, I know what happens when you do this or, 
you know, yeah, they've definitely ran this before and have seen this before. And if not, then they're learning something new and might see it again. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I think that, um, you know, being a very resourceful person is an mm -hmm. amazing trait to have in order to be a good problem solver. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly. In terms of like, you know, who you know or what you got access to or uh, what you re realize you have access to sometimes, you know, another component of that, like right, True. what's right in front of you and making use of it. Yeah, yeah. Really good point for sure. So, you know, you went off on this, you know, this crazy point cloud road trip, you know, big Grateful Dead fan. Obviously, you have a free spirited type personality. Um, have, have you always been that way? I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, how long has it been? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, I guess free spirit is what it is or. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely been it's definitely been my whole life and might be in the blood, but. Yeah, for sure. So did it, did it come naturally to you, do you think? Or is it as a result of, you know, being the type of person that is always pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone? Um, see, I'd, I'd be skipping, I'd be ignoring one thing if I said I didn't have a comfort zone. Um, but, you know, I don't have much of a comfort zone except for like, you know, when I'm doing what I enjoy and... Otherwise, like, you know, it's, it's not really pushing myself out of my comfort zone to be like this free spirit. It's, I guess maybe that is my comfort zone is just kind of doing, doing what I please and exploring and finding the way these things interact and, and understanding things wholesomely. So I don't know, journey's the destination. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have a lot of us wishing we could be more like you. So leaving corporate America and doing something cool like this is, is incredible. So, um, Whatever led you to that, we're trying to we're trying to tap in. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how to explain that still. Oh man. Um, but I mean, I guess kind of like lining up my shows with like tour every year was kind of, or like my work with tour every year was a bit of a thing. Uh, traveling for work and uh, I mean, even in an age of like I guess work from home, they call it. Uh, you know, more people could realize that they could be anywhere and do what they do. Um, but I guess if you're studying, if you're studying space and place, like, you know, you could do that anywhere. So. Yeah. So talk about your real job a little bit. Um, is it, it's cash and query, right? No, 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 no. That's a, what it's is like that? one small business I had, like, Oh, like in the very beginning, like when I was first doing the oh, map okay. lady. Okay. Okay. So, Thanks for yeah, clarifying. Thank yeah. No, the map lady is my main hustle. And, okay. uh, that's, uh, I've had, I've had the business officially still established in 2017. Um, but I've sort of been doing this since like 2015 or so. Okay. And um, it's evolved. It's evolved a bunch. It used to just be like, okay, Hey, can, uh, can you make this map or like, Hey, what's the information for like, you know, the, you know, the population in this area. And that sort of turned on to like, you know, I was like, okay, I can't just make these one-offs. Like how do I make this like a viable, livelihood and how do I provide this as a service and hmm. uh, not just one-off maps. So I guess the first real contract that the map lady had after like, you know, years of odds and ends and figure this out and Hey, can you submit this, you know, this weird site plan um, would be like, my first contract was with Habitat for Humanity. And hmm. that was also with the uh, University of Arizona. And it was actually to build like, um, to do like a study of this neighborhood for neighborhood improvement. And um, so not only was it like, okay, go and make this survey and send people on the survey, but I kind of created like a dashboard tool to like send people out. And um, you know, it was just a, it was like a simple survey, one, two, three, but that went a long way. And then with all the other things that they had, there, I was like, okay, where's all the houses you built? And you know, what, what are these places like? And you know, just doing that. But now it's, I can't remember the last time I made a 2D map or even. <laughs> so one thing just led to another. You start with one thing for a client and it just kept building then. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. And everything becomes a portfolio piece and, you know, you can put it as a portfolio piece or if you do something once, like, you know, uh, as a service or as a deliverable, it's something you get to, you could just kind of make that a, uh, you know, a template for something else. And, you know, these days just automate it into, into something if you have to build something once. So based on the services that you provide, mm -hmm. and I guess the, uh, you know, the, the hardware that, uh, 
that you sell, right? I mean, who are your target clients? Yep. <laughs> um, that's a good question. I mean, these days everyone's getting into 3D and everyone's, you know, all sorts of wild cards are popping up and like who's deciding to, to use these things. But I feel that I could, you know, say anyone can make use of these. Um, but with the age of the digital twin or for the age of, uh, I guess, like AR and VR, you mm. could take any place and make it an immersive, uh, immersive environment. But in terms of like who's buying these things, there's like, you know, uh, all sorts of service providers that have been there doing this for a while. Um, you know, I step into this from definitely a, a different direction than many other people do. Uh, but there's service providers, but I think that there's really this trend where people are starting to do things in-house and want to um, create data themselves and update their places as things move along. Huh. So, I mean, archaeologists, geez, there's a lot of different, <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of different groups. What am I today? How do you go about marketing, um, marketing what you do? A lot of it's word of mouth. A lot of it's uh, kind of what I've done. And I, I do get, um, I do definitely have a good working relationship with a lot of like key partners, hardware companies, software companies. And like, once again, because I've ran into these things and done all these workflows and just collected data and um, people like, Hey, you've done this before. Like, you know, I have someone trying to get to this endpoint. Um, so right now I'm building up uh, definitely uh, a persona that's memorable and trying to market that even further and take that to like another level, like put jet fuel on that. But really like my bread and butter and most of my day-to-day -day work comes from uh, people I already know, people I already worked with. And uh, just because I've put, I've put these solutions together and I've done it before. So people say, Hey, you've gotten there. Like, yeah. And the quality basis of delivering a great product just seems to lead, you know, to more and more work. And that's, that's great that that's what you've been able to do. Yeah, just uh, kind of like floating on these things here and there. And uh, definitely, even right now, I'm just like, oh, like I have a million things open right now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to even like expand it right now, even into like my whole like esoteric view of where this is headed. But maybe something's trying to keep everything under wraps right now. Um, but also being so entrenched and busy with what's already been on my plate right now. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So, I mean, since we have Amanda on, I mean, Amanda is a huge um, proponent of diversification. So I'm curious, Taylor, I mean, you're, you're working in a, in a predominantly male dominated field. Um, have you experienced many challenges as a result? You know, it's funny because, you know, you're growing up, I never, I never thought twice about that ever. And I guess like being like a nineties baby growing up in like North Jersey, um, I mean, it'd be really arrogant and ignorant for me to say it didn't exist in, in my world and around me, but it wasn't anything that I felt affected me at all, like growing up until, you know, not even just in this industry. And sometimes since I serve many different verticals, some you see some trends in the way people conduct themselves more than anywhere, but there's definitely, uh, sometimes it surprises people. Sometimes like, you know, I just have to break through a little bit further um, they definitely second guess, like when, like, you know, <laughs> this little hippie wanders into their survey shop, like <laughs> I do GIS, like, you know, they're like, where did you come from? Why are you here? Until like, we get into it. And I'm like, yo, how do I do this? And like, how do we set this together? And that's when it's like, okay, like time to shine, like proof is right there. And I usually, yeah. I usually work through it. Um, but I definitely see some things here and there, but Nothing too abrasive, nothing like abhorrent, just people's mm -hmm. mindsets that they're stuck in. And that's their own well, that's, roadblock. <laughs> that's that's wonderful. Yeah. And that is their own roadblock. And that um, you were helping break those stereotypes. And um, um, thank you for, thank you for your hard work and doing that as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it makes a difference when we show up as professionals and, um, and, it, and it, it just doesn't matter. You know, we let the work show for itself. And um, I always love when people say, well, I didn't, I didn't think a girl or a woman should do that, but, but you changed my mind. <laughs> so. I don't think they usually want to even tell me that <laughs> at the end of it. They're just like, Oh, but um, no, I definitely have those. Holy shit. I just did that moments when like, I just, you know, even I have lead a survey crew of eight, like on like, you know, a demo, they're like, okay, how do we do that with this piece of equipment? This is what we usually do. How would I do this? And 
I'm just like, wow, I just led like a crew of eight dudes underneath, or I just taught a three day class to like the whole electric company. And there wasn't one chick in the room. And I didn't think twice about it the whole time, but like, that's definitely like, you know, they, people might've thought about it, but <laughs> that's yeah. great. You know? And, um, and I think that that's helped me a lot is just not pay attention to it. And then kind of looking back, you're like, dang, I was the only girl in the room. Like you said, leading eight men. <laughs> and, and that's fantastic. I love your mentality. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of it is just having that, you know, unshakable self-confidence really, you know, mm -hmm. for sure. So you mentioned the technology that you work with and I mean, obviously we're in an age right now where, you know, the technological advancements are happening almost daily. And to be honest, I mean, even for me, it can be overwhelming, you know, just kind of keeping up with it all. So talk about the importance of, uh, you know, understanding the, the tools and the limitation of the tools that we have available to us. Yeah, certainly. Uh, the limitations, I mean, it's really good to be upfront about it because, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm i definitely trying to keep this a whole positive thing. And, like, when I like, was thinking about this whole thing to begin with, I was like, oh, I hate salespeople. And, like, what a lot of this, like, came to, like, you know, a lot of my thoughts, of, you know, when, when getting ready for the show. But, um, you know, if I understand the limits of something and I know it's going to work for something like a different certain application or it's not, you know, it's, it's going to cause me less headache to be upfront about that to begin with. Um, but keeping up with all the different things that serve the right purposes, I think my, once again, does, uh, does wrap around to hands-on experience and time. Cause like, you know, this has been done. This hasn't been done. Um, a lot of different groups are heading towards the same direction and each of them have one piece that the other doesn't or doesn't have one piece that you know each of them have the same thing but missing a different piece and staying up on who does who has that um could definitely be overwhelming sometimes and you definitely should subscribe to <laughs> subscribe to everyone's newsletter put it in one place where it's not going to like clutter your everything else and and do read all of these blurbs and, and see what people are doing and get i mean i'm excited to get back out there to conferences and just like stop and like hassle everyone in every booth um <laughs> <laughs> absolutely are you into uavs and flying drones and stuff or yeah um, so I actually myself don't fly. Um, I should soon. Um, but I guess that's like a whole other thing to be doing. Um, mm -hmm. have some, some UGVs and some other stuff, um, not in the air, but no, the drones are huge. And, um, I've actually been working a lot uh, recently with the New Jersey drone Academy, um, mm -hmm. to offer some classes and courses and, uh, um, some things down there in cahoots with them. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think I think very I think very highly of Jones. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and uh, it's done to I guess the user base. And yeah, for sure. I noticed you had like one of those one of the handheld scanners there behind you, and and they're literally putting scanners mm -hmm. on anything these days. You know, there's that Trimble Boston Dynamics dog that walks around <laughs> with a scanner on it. I mean, what, yeah. what 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 do you think about that? I mean, what what is the sky the limit yeah. or what? I've def well, I have I have worked with a quadruped before and put uh, one of these scanners on the dogs, and you know what these things do, and like all these different vehicles is that there are vehicles to uh, literally vehicles to different different places and different applications, use cases, and scenarios, and definitely considering the role those things are going to play definitely is important. And like you know, if you're a new company coming up and getting into these things, like your positioning and market positioning, um, where you're going to fit in with these things. Um, I guess since we like stories, one of my favorite stories is I was uh, teaching, uh, like giving a lecture to some kids and I realized it was like summer school. It's like, what do you kids want to be when you grow up? I was like, oh, these are the troublemakers. And they're like, oh, like, you know, we want to be famous. We're like, we want to be like rich. Like, you know, I was like, yo, you know, all those people who are like rich and famous, they have like careers in tech, like on Instagram, I guess that's what they, they want to be influencers and sit on the beach in Bali. And all those people, they like, you know, either have a trust fund or like a career in tech. And someone's like, the teacher's like, but isn't this stuff going to like take their jobs and like, you know, prevent them from having opportunities? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, these kids are hearing about it beforehand and with all the work to do, like, you know, I have a lot of friends in construction too. I'm like, Hey, each of you could have one of these and the job's still not going to get done. Like, you know, have like all, everyone could have a robot of their own. There's still more work to do. So. I'm yeah. And that's so important that. is remembering the human side, you know, there's still analysis and there's still, you know, a lot of, 
of work that needs to be done behind the scenes. So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so thinking about like bringing that back around to like, you know, market position, market plays and people getting involved in this um, and who's creating data and, and utilizing it, uh, it. It's definitely all changing shapes, but you know, there's a lot to be done and we all have a place in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, wow. for sure. So you mentioned Instagram there. Let's talk a little bit about social media. Um, <laughs> talk about your presence on social media and just the the powerful effect that that it can have on the industry. Yeah. So um, I'm kind of a stick in some people's side with with social media, and I say that like by like, okay, I am not I'm not active at on LinkedIn at all, and a lot of things that a lot of people really expect me to have, I don't. And I don't want to get too into it. I'm just like, okay, here's a picture and go from there. So for that reason, I very much like Instagram, um, being a very visual person. Um, but yeah, I think it, it makes it like really simple baseline for people to start at and, and move on from. And I guess influencers and I guess what people see day to day, like if you're reading a magazine, like, you know, I guess that could kind of inspire your actions. So for putting up like, you know, more, uh, practical, applicable, applicable, fun things on Instagram and on social, then I guess that's how I could influence. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you scan some fun stuff like the VW bus and like other yeah. things that are unusual and not typical. And I think um, you're going to have some mass appeal for that. <laughs> it's great to there see. Oh, and a Saguaro. You even <laughs> scanned a Saguaro on there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And there. Yeah. So I guess that, that side of it too. Um, I had a realization when I got into the handheld 3D scanning, I guess like later in the map lady story, um, I got into these initially, it was like a sales position that was very GIS heavy. And I just kept, uh, you know, finding odd jobs and odds and ends for it. Um, at some point I was like, holy crap, I'm a 3D photographer. Mm. And, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, my father's a photographer. So I was like, oh. Whoa. And, um, just sometimes the things you see when you develop your film, you have a new, uh, when you process your point cloud, you get surprised by what you see. And right, it is art when you look back it at it. It's 100% art. For sure, yeah. And there's an art in the capture and the data processing. So I guess I guess I might be an artist, I don't know. People ask yeah. if I'm an artist a lot. <laughs> That's really interesting. You mentioned your, uh, your dad being a photographer. Do you think that had anything to do with you kind of getting into this? Um, in retrospect, it did. Um, you know, he, he was a New York City press photographer, is like for like 45 years, and wow. his office is his car. And uh, <laughs> wow. I didn't realize to like, I ended up doing the same thing on like a nationwide scale with, I guess, LIDAR. Um, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, crap. That's the same thing my dad's doing <laughs> this whole time. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, that's he's great. covered wild things and, you know, people's portraits, different buildings, and um, the same way it's like, I like everything in terms of subject matter, um, you know, visualizing these things and measuring things that can't be seen, you know, when it's not placed in time. Is it's that why you had, a, is that why you had an appeal to Arizona to the stark difference from New Jersey to Western state? Uh, so I was a little bit of everywhere between, uh, between, uh, getting to Arizona. Like I first moved out West where I was like, I guess it was like 18 and I moved to Oregon. Uh, there's twice as many people live in Manhattan than all of Oregon. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I was like, okay, it doesn't pay every week. And then I moved to Colorado and I was like, what's the point of this place? Um, <laughs> so um, eventually I went to Arizona for the Gem and Mineral show. And I was just like, yeah, this spot's perfect. Like I like it. It's really way balanced. Like, you know, I was still out West and um, still very much like, I don't know. There's like wide open spaces, but it was busy and there was a the hustle bustle and it was vibrant and, you know, still calling me. I still like it out there so much. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really cool. So we're, uh, we're big on plugging the importance of mentorship on, uh, on the show. And you mentioned your dad and, you know, obviously he is a, is a mentor to you or has been. And uh, I'm just curious, is there anybody else that has kind of played that role in, uh, in your career up to this point? Hmm. Ha. See, I've tried to be hardware and software agnostic in this show and not plug those things too much. And I don't want to sh like leave anyone out. Um, 
But, you know, I could definitely say, you know, the people who you surround yourself with are, uh, you know, that's something I'm realizing is really uh, important in, in who you become. And certainly I've had a lot of mentorship in, in business more than technical things, I'd say right now, mm-hmm. um, aside from straight teachers and straight, uh, uh, like, you know, what is actually like a class learning environment. Um, uh, my mentors. <laughs> are you a, uh, are you like one of those type of people that like self-help books and videos and things like that? Um, <laughs> sometimes, but, uh, not, not so much. I don't watch enough tutorials. Actually people are like, there's tutorials on TikTok. I'm like, you should be on TikTok. I'm like, um, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should be on TikTok. Um, somebody told us that the other day, we need to have a TikTok. Yeah, I've never, even, I've never even looked at that. I don't. I, I, God, I don't even know what he put on there. I have no idea. Yeah, it's overrated. I was there I guess, for a hot month. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, no. I like Instagram. I'm with the map lady on Instagram. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, but, uh, some of my mentors are just people who just told you, so who like you know take you out and like encourage you to get out there, and anyone who gives you that shot and that opportunity. And I guess lately more than then mentors lately has been people that enable me or like, Mm. you know, lift me up and like provide an opportunity or open a door. And that means, you know, that means a lot quite often, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, definitely some, some different key partners right now. Like definitely when, uh, when I wrapped up this uh, corporate career job uh, in the beginning of the year, I said within three months, I'm going to have a dealership. And uh, I did. And certainly to get the ball rolling, I would say bad elf um, definitely, put me on for a moment. They're like, okay, here, like, you know, start this, get this rolling and uh, see what you do with this. And that was enabling. And those kind of moments is like a proof of concept, like right then and there that, uh, you know, someone vouches for you, vouches for what you do. And then other people see it and other uh, entities catch on. They're like, okay, cool. Get, like join in this mix. And, uh, you know, I guess that's kind of how I form my solutions is like, get these hands on time and people say, okay, you can have access to this and uh, just give it back. It snowballs for sure. Yeah. Your reputation snowballs in the small community for sure. Um, (laughs) Small community for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you mentioned bad elf, you know, those guys really well. They're huge supporters of the show, of course, and uh, just great folks over there. Um, Always willing to help out for sure. Um, what else do I have here? So, uh, you know, there's a, a ton of growth happening in, uh, in the geospatial, I guess, realm of, uh, of, uh, of jobs and the industry in general. Um, but it's also really, really hard to find, um, find talent really to fill so many of these roles that are, that are, that are vacant and in, in such bad need of, uh, of being filled. Are are you are you a one person show? Or do you have employees? I mean, what what are you seeing about on this? I'm certainly at the junction where it's time to hire, which I'm pretty proud of. Um, I have a lot of projects before me. Um, in terms of talent, I mean, there is so much talent out there, um, and getting the right person is is not easy and it's not going to come for cheap either. Um, there's definitely, unfortunately, a lot of people who like to try and lowball young people in the community and try to, uh, you know, not come through. Um, but there's, yeah, there's definitely such a demand, uh, that we can't find people. Um, and more people don't even realize that their skill set lends a hand to this or that, you know, I mean, even like I said before, coming from many different backgrounds, not wanting to forego anything. Um, we need people who have hands-on experience and education in in any realm, and just taking that with the mixing that with the right tools. I mean, I think we could have more people realizing that they have these skill sets. Um, so, you know, I'd like anyone who has you know the ability to think, you know, from uh, I guess from like I say. Uh, considering all the factors at play at once. And if you can do that, you know, maybe you could code, maybe you can't, maybe you've like done a GS before, maybe you haven't, maybe you're like a video game nerd, maybe you're a photographer. Um, you know, these are all things we need. And I can't ask anyone to be the one man band, like the same way I do it necessarily. Mm-hmm. And if they can, I mean, I definitely have a lot of work for them also. 
Um, that's few and far between. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes changing our way of thinking about, um, you know, you don't need this one specific tool, but you need somebody that can learn and somebody that can be, you know, flexible and maybe somebody that can um, also, also grow into other positions, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think uh, Amanda didn't Trent send us an article the other day about how a major airline was lo- like needing to hire like a thousand pilots or something like that. And there's such a shortage of, you know, skilled labor in general. I mean, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's kind of alarming, to be honest with you. Yeah. So you're at the point where you're going to start hiring people. Is that kind of what I heard out of that, that you're, um, you're moving forward maybe with some new team members? Yeah, certainly. Some team members or, uh, once again, am I spilling the beans? Uh, I mean, <laughs> certainly certainly people do reach out with their skill sets a lot. You know, the amount of people that, you know, say, hey, can I, I, I mean, I've gotten a pretty good response to um, to this position being open. And I just sort of like, you know, started tossing that around like last week or so. Um, but I mean, for a while I've been saying, oh my gosh, I got to hire someone. But now I'm just like, okay, actually... Um, I've reached that equilibrium where I, I can't afford it and I have what for them to do. Cause like every time I'm like, okay, I'm going to hire someone. It's like, okay, then I have like one thing for them to do and then they're off. But considering that, um, and then maybe even enabling people to, um, I guess live a, oh, my camera's falling, <laughs> live a little bit more like, um, how I live, um, uh, kind of have an idea of, a, a way to assign those tasks to people who are uh, ready and at hand. Um, so that's an exciting juncture for you in your business, because I know when I started hiring people on my own, it's, um, it's huge. It's, um, it's very fulfilling to be able to help other people, you know, and what did TK say? Um, um, Kent, that his favorite thing was when people, he, he employees get to buy their first home. Yeah. That was right. His, sure. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah. I mean, how rewarding okay. is that, you know? Mm-hmm. Jeez! Wow, Amanda, we're gonna have to follow up on that later. I gotta get some pointers from you. <laughs> I mean, what, do you what do you look for, like when you're hiring people? I mean, like, you, are you, you finding people or or not? Are you having trouble yeah. finding? People? You know, something funny I learned from the construction industry. I had a very successful client that had a huge operation in the mine, and he would do he would do all kinds of things. And so, um, I asked him one day, "What do you look for when you hire somebody?" And he said. I watch them when they walk in the building and if they walk fast, I will hire them <laughs> because they're on top of it. They're motivated and they're coming in. He said, if people aren't walking fast when they come in this building, I never hire them. <laughs> so I thought yes. well, that's an interesting, you know, way to look at it. <laughs> it really walk is. With- yeah. Walk, walk with a purpose, with- right? Walk with mm-hmm. a purpose and intent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's an interesting insight oh, for sure. So Taylor Todd, how can our listeners find out more about the map lady? What's, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? <laughs> well, I shouldn't, I should be past the point of just constantly bumping my uh, Instagram, the underscore map underscore lady. Um, Maplady.com is uh, when are we broadcasting this one. Nice. I've been running. <laughs> I did just port it over to like a new host. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, no Maplady.com is definitely uh, going to be the central hub of everything. Uh, and anything map lady from uh, from my equipment and hardware software offerings to uh, to trainings to tutorials in person um, or online um, definitely lots of resources I'll be putting up there and uh, trying to well not trying to just putting forward the you know the community and the discussion that's going on so you know show up and hop in. <laughs> For sure. So maybe this is a really silly question, but do you provide consulting for companies? Like I say, a company is interested in getting into scanning. And then there's the other side of the, uh, the coin where there's companies that are already into scanning, but they have a specific problem they're trying to solve. Um, is that something you could help those companies out with? Yeah, that's definitely uh, sort of the sweet spot that I'm aiming for is that, uh, you know, if it, even if it's their first time getting into this, um, if they're like, okay, how do I get to this undeliverable or doing this? Or, you know, I have a GIS, how am I going to start um, adding point cloud data into it and, and updating this regularly or having a scanning routine? Um, you know, that's the kind of groups that I'm looking for. And, you know, the consulting that I like to do, like some people's uh, 
some people as consultants, they provide the answers. They're like, okay, where is my riparian zone? But now I want to tell different groups like how to go find your riparian zone or uh, the different, um, you know, the different data points you can draw from this set or, um, you know, definitely making the most out of what they already have or um, getting most bang for their buck is what I like to provide um, as well as like troubleshooting of like, hey, what's going on with this or this update? You know, nothing's been working. What's what's up since then? Um, that's definitely what, what I've found to be uh, a profitable and regular routine uh, service to offer. Yeah, that's a great niche you're in because we're getting so much data, but we don't know what the heck to do with it. <laughs> you know? Ooh, oh, yeah. Man, so, uh, I mean, tell me any any subject, any uh, anything that a, a company could be doing and any data that they have. And I can stretch that in any direction, like... You know, it's so exciting just picking through it and making the most of it. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, obviously, you know, just talking to you, you've got really great energy. Um, I'm curious, you know, what keeps you motivated and, you know, what are you most excited about moving forward? Um, I mean, I'm definitely kind of like, I guess, I don't know, there's probably a better way to say it. It's like, I go dumb over this stuff. Like, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I get giddy. I get excited. It's my motivation. And it could be, and unfortunately, sometimes it can be like a carrot on the stick because I like wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, I'm going to solve this or I'm going to finally get through this or um, like, you know, I'm going to troubleshoot this. And, uh, you know, some days like I did a golf cart. I was on a golf course at like 5 a.m., you know, scanning out the back of a golf cart where, well, like a drone followed us. And then, like, you know, the next day I'll be um, doing a skyscraper on a construction site and, mm -hmm. Uh, saying like, okay, here's how you do like the progress tracking on it. And like, you know, there's so many other ideas I could go off of that. Um, and yeah, I mean, every day is different. Everything's new and just kind of chasing that whatever goal or get to or, or working through a problem is just on, on the pure getting something done side of, of it. That's, that's what I like to do. So sounds like you, def you feed off the diversity of the job. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. And, um, and that inspires other people because, um, so many people are stuck in this, um, rut. And I did read somewhere where 70% of people are going to change jobs. And I hope, I hope more people like you, um, that can make this industry exciting and appealing to people that you can, um, get out there more and people can see your face and, um, and learn a different side of it. Yeah, certainly. It's, uh, it's always something new. So. For sure. Uh, man, I, did you send me that article or maybe we read the same article, but I was going to bring that up today. As a matter of fact, how post pandemic up to, like you said, 70% of people are going to be changing, changing jobs. That's crazy. Think about that. Yeah. And this has got to be an opportunity for us to get more people in this industry, you know, um, and, and the diversity of our job sites and um, the passion of the people that are in this industry, like Taylor, it's, it's just, it's wonderful to see. For sure. For sure. So Taylor, we have, uh, we're actually going to be writing a book at some point We're we're, <laughs> we're pulling every, every, this is our, this is a uh, big shoots, our, our regular co-host. This is his favorite question. And we are collecting all the answers to this question and we're going to put it together and we're going to make a coffee table book. Isn't that right, PJ? Yep. Okay. Yep. It's That's in the making. Right. That's right. So Taylor, <laughs> do you have a mantra that you live by? No, that was the hardest question. Oh, matcha, Ooh. You know, I don't have a singular mantra that I live by. I definitely have a lot of um, a lot of things that I stand by, and they're flexible, but definitely. Uh, Maybe that's a mantra in itself mantra. that you don't have a fixed one. <laughs> no, there is no mantra. You can't have one mantra. <laughs> yeah, I love the flexibility. Yeah. Yep. yep, that's true. That's true. Um, what else, Amanda? You got anything else you want to touch on? I how, how do you feel about um, how do you feel about getting more women in the industry? Do you think Do you think that's important for um, for the future of our industry? You know, I it's definitely very important, um, and I, I'm pretty optimistic that. You know, we're about to see more women in industry and we're about to have uh, a lot of skilled people in industry. Um, but, you know, it's not always uh, a happy feeling when I at the end of the day, I'm like, holy shit, I was the only chick in the room. 
like it's all like a oh dang okay well that might have been why you know we were only thinking on this mindset and not to say you know anyone of any certain gender is thinking only like one thing at a time um which the stereotype is that they do but um uh, i think that sometimes i like when i when i step out of room and i done it the other day and i'm like yo there's only like one type of person in this group and i think that they might have overlooked a lot of things i think that that's usually kind of related um so i'm very optimistic and hopeful we'll have more women in uh in industry, I mean, if people are smart about it, I mean, that's what they're going to do. <laughs> it seems like a great solution. I mean, I think, yeah, when we're all the same and um, the same sitting in the same room together, we lack ideas and we lack, um, we lack exposure to other, you know, other realities and other ways of thinking. So, yeah, thank you. It's a great point, Amanda. And I, you know, I mean, let's face it, men and women are very different in a lot of different ways, right? And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, getting more women involved in the geospatial, you know, world in general is a really good thing because I think, you know, women are just so detail-oriented. And that is a huge trait that um, will, you know, set, set you know, women up for success in this. Um, so, yeah, no, I appreciate you bringing that up for sure. Yeah, I'm very optimistic about uh, even the generation that's younger than I am. Um, about their ability to step up and come in with some really wild ideas because, I mean, <laughs> they've had their hands in technology forever. You know, looking at my mentors and people older than me, it's funny because, like, my mentors are usually actually a lot older than me. I don't have mentors close in age to me. Um, and, you know, they they saw the technology change, but they didn't live the technology their whole life mm. necessarily. Right. Um, right. And well, so they're not attached to something like, like dogma almost, you know what I mean? And <laughs> we're willing to change. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but so I'm optimistic about that generation. Um, and, you know, I guess, you know, I will say, I mean, I'm on my road trip, I'll shake things up a bit. Um, I did see a lot of the same characters at the same shops over and over <laughs> again. Why not? I'll say it, you know, right. and yeah. I think they're that all named Bob. Out, if we're trying to figure out like what's, what's going wrong or how could we do something different? Cause I am realizing like everyone's like, you know, they're asking me that like, you know, in a very sideways way uh, sometimes with, you know, by the assignments that come by my desk. Um, and it is that is a lot of these people are the same character and they've been sitting on the same bids and contracts, collecting them for like the last 30 years, knowing that their DOT gig is going to come in mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, they don't have to necessarily jump for anything new, but as different hardware comes out, it's not always like one single player um, that, you know, the way people are using it and thinking about it and their clients are using it are totally different. And, you know, someone might not know anything about projections until it's applied. I mean, like even, <laughs> even using a mobile scanner over a straight line in 45 minutes, like, you know, <laughs> like time changes and like tides change if you're doing that at the beach and all these different things are like, uh, I mean, it's, there's, we're going to run into different considerations that we haven't, that people haven't had what, like, you know, in, you know, the 30 years they've been surveying the same bridges in their city. So, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. You know, people are coming in and doing things on a really different scale. They want to do like their storefront every day. Like what you know, that changes and that's a totally different landscape every day on a micro environment or they're doing like, I don't know, a concert that shows up in different places, like, you know, every now and then and you know just if people are doing up taking these things on like those are so many things that they can be applying this technology for is just a totally different realm of things so um women's going to encourage that open-mindedness i think um and we're going to have different people leading it than than we were before so i don't know yeah that's so great (laughs) i think i think we have we have an innate ability to shape things up and if, if people don't get too startled or scared that um that you're going to do great things. Yeah, that is that is something I said about my comfort zone is that I guess some of those people are in their comfort zone and that's exactly what that is, is that these entities like will fall into a, a comfort zone and that's something I never necessarily had. Um, so people are intimidated sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I recognize that, um, but they shouldn't be scared. It's, um, you know, these things aren't going to take anything away. Like, you know, people don't need to feel that there's a challenge um, you know, there's, there's enough to go around, I think. So. Absolutely. Um, We're going to augment the reality. We're not going <laughs> to. 
we're not going to take away from it. We're going to add to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, I love that. It kind of goes back to our quote, right? If you want something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. There you go. That's where to tie it all together. Tie it all together. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right. So, um, Taylor, is there anything we haven't talked about that you want to make sure you uh, you get out there? Mm, well, uh, or have, hmm. we, have we just been amazing and covered we've, everything? We've covered a lot of things. We've also, we didn't even scratch the surface of some things. And that's uh, definitely another reason to tap in and, uh, uh, you know, get in touch. Like, you know, let me know what you do. And we could think about how, uh, how maps uh, and geospatial technology and uh, 3D scanning can be applied in your day-to-day -day and in your operations if you've never seen those things before. Um, also, you know, I have uh, have some upcoming trainings. This idea of GeoCamp uh, has been tossed around a lot. And I think is that... GeoCamp, I like that. That's a great camp. one. Yeah. Did your parents not let you go to space camp? No, I never camp? got to go to camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, I think uh, I think that's coming together. That's I, I didn't want to fully announce this, but yeah, definitely you'll hear about it soon. I mean, a week of learning, uh, learn GPS, learn lidar scanning, learn some UAV stuff, and learn how to handle this data. Come in with your whole team, or maybe we'll do different theme weeks. I don't know. It's happening. It's happening. Great uh, idea. August and September. It. That's that's what's right. on my plate right now. So. Taylor, Stay tuned for I love that idea, GeoCamp. That is so awesome. And I'll tell you right now, we're going to circle back on that. And uh, between the resources, you know, with the geoholics and the folks that we know, I think uh, I think we can help you out in a lot of different ways with that. All right. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, keep you posted. And uh, I think we could be in cahoots for this one as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, all right. Uh, PJ, you got anything else? Nope. I like we wrap it up. I like it. Yeah, Amanda, anything else? No, thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, as well, Amanda. Yeah, Amanda, thanks for joining us. Hopefully you'll come back again sometime. You bet, anytime. All right. Yeah. Well, as PJ thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, you bet, you bet. Love to have you back as well, Taylor. So that's a wrap. Mm -hmm. Another awesome value-adding show, I must say. Please be sure to check us out at thegeoholics.com. Like and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and on our YouTube channel. Don't forget you can download all of our podcasts from the Geoholics app, which is available on landsurveyorsunited.com. Send us an email at info at thegeoholics.com. If you have any content ideas, we'd like to be a guest just like Taylor was this week. We'd love to hear from you. Last but not least, please support our amazing friends of the program, just like Monson Engineering, every chance you get. Be sure to mention you're a geoholic for the extra special VIP treatment. Pay it forward. Add value. Make friends. Go outside your comfort zone. Grateful Dead. Casey Jones available everywhere. As always, until next time. Be safe and healthy, everybody. Once again, a shout out to our friends of the program, Aerotech Mapping Inc., ATMLV.com, Advanced Geodetic Surveys Inc., AGSGPS.com, Bad Elf GPS, Bad-Elf.com, Cobb Fenley, CobbFenley.com, Cyanic Automation, GetJobBook.com, Diamondback Land Surveying, DiamondbackLandSurveying.com, Get Kids Into Survey, GetKidsIntoSurvey.com, Land Surveyors United, LandSurveyorsUnited.com. Mentoring Mondays, mentoringmondays.xyz, Monson Engineering, monsonengineering.com, Nettleman Land Consulting, nlcprep.com, Parkland Community College, parkland.edu slash surveying, Safety Apparel, safetyapparel.us, Tiger Supplies, tigersupplies.com, Trimble Geospatial, geospatial.trimble.com.